This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is The Property Show and I'm Mark Tan. Established six years ago in 2017, the Malaysian PropTech Association brings together bright and innovative leaders from the PropTech ecosystem. However, the property and construction industry in Malaysia is not synonymously known to be innovative, agile, nor customer-centric. Digital transformation is hardly in the vocabulary. So what challenges does this young association face in trying to disrupt or collaborate with existing stakeholders? Joining us to share his association's dreams to revolutionise the property ecosystem is Daniel Gumbero, President, Malaysia PropTech Association. Good morning, Daniel, and Good welcome morning. to The Property Show. Good morning, Mark. I'm glad to be here. So, let's get down to it. What's the mission and vision of the PropTech Association of Malaysia? Our mission is to enable a better sustainability into the built environment. What is built environment than real estate? Is planning, is construction, is property construction, property management in terms of commercial, residential, industrial, army camp, airports, logistic warehousing, everything. So our mission is in full respect with the SDG 2030 and the framework of ESG to bring in a better sustainability into the built environment. Vision-wise, we would like to be the inspiring force for all stakeholders in the built environment towards a consistent, responsible and highly sustainable use of technology towards the betterment and the well-being of all our members and all the users of real estate. Now, a simple quick search on the internet reveals there are at least eight property-related associations in Malaysia. So how would you differentiate your association with the others? And what is your unique value proposition to your own members? Okay, our uh, differentiation stays in the name. We are not property. We are prop tech. Technology in property is a term that is uh, quite old, actually, since the middle 80s uh, was has been around. There have been few ways of prop tech, but uh, the latest one, the one that came in with the widespread use of Wi-Fi, of uh, mobile devices and so on, started in 2012, is the one that we are living now and is the most to the real estate and built environment industry. How we differentiate from others? We bring ease to processes into the real estate. Now, the word tech these days have a very broad definition. So based on your current membership, what sort of tech solutions does your association have? Okay, tech can be hard tech and soft tech. First thing, we are not hard tech. We are mostly soft tech with probably a 10% contribution of hard tech. Most of our members, I would say, are towards soft solutions. Soft tech can be two types, a custom-made, licensable software where a client pays a big amount of money for a long-term usage and the usual SaaS software as a service type of subscription, monthly, quarterly, half-year, one-year subscription, where there is a payment like Zoom, like all these normal software tools around in the market. Last but not least, there is also a pay-per-use. Some of our members are having very good solutions given for free in terms of download, but in the moment in which you want to use, you need to pay just for the use, which is very convenient. 
Now, the property and construction industry is not known to be the most carbon-friendly, right? And I'm sure some parts of the industry still emit massive amounts of greenhouse gas. So can your prop tech help green tech and help drive the sustainability agenda? Yes, definitely. I, I am personally a big advocate of ESG and SDG 2030. I keep on mentioning and I keep on pushing all our members and our members are all very open in finding ways to make SDG and ESG more applicable. And the main contribution of PropTech to ESG accomplishment is governance because through digitalization of processes, governance is guaranteed 100%. I give you an example. One of our members, Bidspace, uh, is promoting a e-tendering process where all the hanky-panky plays, uh, games that normally we know, we pretend we don't know but we know, are there, suddenly disappear because digitalization doesn't allow anything being hanky-panky. So governance is the very first one. Energy efficiency. We have IoT devices and energy consumption solutions which are allowing to keep under control the energy consumed in one building. We have a solution in Smart City from another one of our members, Athena, Athena Smart City, which is providing a digital twin of buildings with the possibility of understanding the contribution, negative one, of CO2 emission in the atmosphere, power consumption, population within the building, quality of air, and much, much more. I think you mentioned a very key word here, transparency. How yes. these digital solutions allows transparency? One of our strongest value. I was just curious, do any of your members are using blockchain technology as a form of encouraging or enforcing this transparency? Uh, we have several members that are looking into it. None has been yet applying it. Blockchain is the future because it is the highest security level data holding infrastructure necessary as a backbone for whichever soft and hard tech application. Blockchain should be implemented by the government first. I know that government, different ministries are looking into it for a possible practical application because government needs to set some guidelines and parameters. Then industries can adopt blockchain. Through Malaysian PropTech Association, which ministry or government agencies or even regulatory bodies are you working most closely with? All the tech one. <laughs> we have a very good relationship with Maranti, with Cradle. With MDEC, there is an extremely close relationship. I am personally, and MPA has been growing globally in terms of a presence, a digital presence and awareness. So MDEC has been working with us to approach different markets from Malaysia, as well as a lot of our members has been using and leveraging on all the accelerator program, sandbox, and the connectivity networking event organized by MDEC. Then we have PNSB. Permudalan Negeri Selangor Bahad, which is the asset and development arm, investment arm of Mintri Bazar Selangor. We are very, very closely working with them, promoting some of our members' solution for implementation in the state of Selangor. So having PNSB partnering with us, we are very proud. Our next target, and I hope it's going to happen soon, is KPKT, Housing Ministry. Because definitely we we are close to Mosti, Minister of Science and Technology. Now we want to enter exactly our ecosystem, which is the built environment, which is a Ministry of Work and uh, Public Work, the two different ministries. Now, you also mentioned Selango as a key state for your investments and tech platforms, right? Have you got any inroads in Penang? 
Yes, we have members from Pinenga, we have members from also Sarawak. Sarawak, you know, in terms of digital transformation adoption, has been doing giant steps in the last few years. So we are very, very close and we are very open in working with all states in Malaysia. But the main one, Selangor, remains with second at the same level, Pinenga, Johor and Iskandar, Malaysia. We have Sarawak, of course, Malacca, and we are now expanding around. For your information, PropTech Startups, definable as proper startup ecosystem in Malaysia, is 350 startups, which is a lot. Honestly, I have been doing research and comparison with other countries. We are having pretty nice number of tech startup in property, and we are one of the leading in Southeast Asia. You raise a good point. So in terms of the ASEAN region, how would you rank us? Well, let me proudly say that the Malaysian PropTech Association voice has been very much udible compared to all our neighbours. Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia. Don't forget Indonesia is 330 million people market. So it's huge. They have an Indonesian PropTech Association where... There is a very close relationship. What we have been offering as MPA to all our neighboring states, fellow countries in ASEAN, is uh, let's work together. Uh, one of uh, the strong, very strong point of MPA, all members, even though competitors in the market, are close friends within the association, integrating into each other to make a solution better. So if I can draw a comparison, um, there is the FinTech Association and the FinTech Association works very closely with, you know, for example, Bank Nagara and all the respective government agencies. And they do something called the FinTech Festival. It's huge in Singapore. There's one that's done in Bank Nagara every other year, right? So is there any festival that the property uh, tech association players do? Absolutely, yes. There are several, several festivals here in Malaysia. We organize every year. We have been doing it in 2021 and 2022. And this year we are in the midst of deciding the date, organizing the Asia-Pacific PropTech Summit, which is a networking opportunity for our members with the stakeholders in the market and global players. In 2021, we managed to get almost 700 plus delegates online following the two days event. On the property show this morning is Daniel Gambero, President Malaysia PropTech Association. When we come back from the break, a closer look at the association's members and challenges they face. This is BFM 89.9. Welcome back to the property show, where in the hot seat this morning is Daniel Gambero, President Malaysia PropTech Association. Before the break, the association's strategy to grow and develop the tech ecosystem with existing stakeholders. Now, Daniel, I understand you now have over 100 members in your association. Very quickly, could you give us a flavour of the type of companies you have? The one thing that is very positive in uh, MPA is uh, the fact that uh, all our members are in a go-to-market stage. When we talk about startups nowadays, uh, we have uh, startup idea, which is just uh, something uh, in embryonic stage, yeah. very initial, exactly. Then we have uh, ideas that are uh, transformed in a solution which still needs to be proven. And this stage is called the proof of concept. POC. And we have some of our members in this, very few in this uh, stage. And then we have the go-to-market. Go-to-market is when you start uh, 
generating revenues and hopefully stop burning cash. Our startups are from very small, say the smallest is probably with five to six team size, to one of the biggest is MHub, which is a very complete solution in the transact vertical with expansion toward construction and manager, and they are in the range of 60 heads count. Then we have solutions uh, which are uh, keep on uh, improving their services. Most of our members are really owning the technology. Okay, when we talk about technology, you can buy and sell technology. And at that stage, you are not really a startup. You are just a dealer, basically. All our members uh, have their own technology. Some of them using devices or associated solution or similar solution to complement their deliverable. But the core technology is their own one. We have companies that are extremely well performing in project construction, project management, like proficient, subcontractor management, like Speedbrick, transaction. We have pro sales, we have rent lab, we have the property guys, we have Blue Duck, we have a lot of all these solutions addressing business to business type of issues and business to customer. And then the biggest one, of course, management. Uh, as you mentioned, some of your members are startup companies at uh, different stages of growth. All ideation, all, MVPs, our all your members, um, different stages of growth, business models and funding. From that aspect, how vibrant has the startup community been in this sector? And especially when it comes to funding, is it difficult to secure funding in this post-pandemic uh, environment that we're in? Very, 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 very challenging. Very challenging because uh, there have been a number of big uh, blows up in the last, uh, what, three, four years. All these flops uh, have been uh, pulling back uh, investors. Investors now are going back to the basic rule of uh, revenue multiplied. Three years ago, four years ago, estimate the revenue multiplied. That means uh, you believe that you think dreams can really come true. It was a bit too much. So the challenge is that one, finding uh, the right funders. You invest in startup, you have to be aware of risk. You have to consider your uh, commitment. But at the end of the day, you might be really getting a big outcome because we have been seeing startup with a value of $1 jumping to $26. So from your observations in terms of the funding scene here in Malaysia, do you see high private net worth individuals? Is it a family investment house? Is it private equity? Or is it government agencies that tends to take that calculated risk to invest in these startups? A bit everyone, because we have uh, MDEC has been just launching a, a grant up to max 1 million Malaysian ringgit for startup. And when we talk about 1 million, we talk about seed stage funding. We have VCs, plenty of VCs, PNSB, Permodanal Negeri Selangor Bahad is one of them. We have uh, equity funding is the most common. We have Pichin and uh, it is a fantastic crowdfunding platform uh, that several of our members have been using uh, successfully. So there is really a, a mix of everything. At the end of the day, you might be finding what you need, money. 
Of course, the road to money is not easy. There are a lot of turns upside down, and then you need to be ready to practice your pitch for tens, I would say hundreds of times. And of course, the entrepreneur, the owner himself must be willing to let go and release certain amount of equity for the funding yeah. that's coming in, right? Now, I'm just curious, what's the average uh, investment there? Well, tickets uh, are going from just a few hundred thousand ringgit up to few millions. I think the biggest I've seen in Malaysia uh, within our association, or the biggest that I am aware of at least, is uh, below 5 million Malaysian ringgit. But in this moment, we have a few of our members uh, that are uh, to go towards the big step up. You know, there is a startup, there is a grown up, and there is a scale up. They are at scale up level, pointing towards uh, New York City, Wall Street, uh, and Nasdaq. So besides funding, which obviously, once you get the funding, the key thing is how does the association help its members grow to the next level? So we know that, you know, there's things like incubators, there's things like, you know, advisory councils. Um, So how does the Malaysian Protect Association help its members that way? The added value of our association is, uh, of course, mentoring. We offer a lot of mentoring. We offer a lot of uh, technology updates, uh, events, uh, short, mostly are online. We call that uh, this uh, Tech Talk event, uh, short presentation from technology partners. We connect them. We connect them to agencies locally, like MDEC, uh, Maranti, or Credo. We connect them to overseas partners. We connect them... Uh, because you see, when you move uh, towards the overseas market, you need to look for the right partnership. You can't enter a different culture, a different country. So MPA helps uh, in this uh, direction. And uh, besides this, of course, uh, we give uh, visibility. Earlier on, you mentioned that a lot of your members actually own their own coding, their own their own source code, right? They, they yep. own their own software. Um, now, we know in Malaysia, it's notoriously known to have a challenge to get IT programmers and developers. So what's the experience been so far with the uh, Malaysian Protect Association? Of course, there is a drain of talent, no doubt. Unfortunately, other markets are paying more and are more attractive for uh, for coders, for developers to towards. But uh, most of our members are autonomous in this. Of course, some of them are using overseas coders to support the, the core team here. But the core development team is local, is 100% owned. Now, this year, we noticed that looking at the big boys, you know, AI seems to be the key theme this year. Everyone is talking about AI. So in terms of your own members, are any one of them looking at uh, integrating the usage of AI into their software solutions? Absolutely, yes, most of them. But uh, luckily, all of them doing it very responsibly because uh, AI is a beautiful thing that might be coming uh, quite dangerous. So we, we need to do a responsible use and responsible application of AI in every single aspect of our life. PropTech is one of them. A lot of our members are looking into it and a lot of them are already at the POC stage. So we may be having very interesting things coming up soon. Majority of your members, as you mentioned, are B2B players. And we know, as we mentioned earlier, the property industry has been tough this past few years and and margins have taken a beating due to poor consumer demand and and rising supply costs. Have your members found it difficult to talk to these big boys? Well, uh, we are talking to all the big boys, uh, being very honest, uh, from construction companies uh, to property uh, developers uh, to big asset owners. 
to government. Government is the biggest asset owner in, in Malaysia, of course. So we are talking with all of them in a quite successful manner. The response is positive because uh, the understanding now is no more technology comes in to fire people. No. We are here to help. We are here to digitalize the process. Doesn't matter how complicated it is, we digitalize it. And we make the work of people much easier and more excellent in terms of quality and deliverable. You mentioned the word digital transformation. So if I could ask, in terms of your observations in Malaysia, which are the big boys here that have actually taken the word digital transformation to heart and are really implementing projects that will ultimately benefit the customer? I can tell you that uh, most of the first and second tier developers are all having a digital transformation uh, department within their structure and are bringing concept of smart homes, bringing concept of smart sale of property, smart management of property within their own ecosystem, within uh, their own clientele. Now what we are putting effort in is to reach out to all the small players, which is very, very important. So with that, Daniel, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure and we wish you and your association every success in transforming the industry. On The Property Show was Daniel Gambero, President, Malaysia PropTech Association. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.